Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. We need to see that man is the battlefield. Satan as sin is in man's flesh. But God in Christ as grace is in man's spirit. The book of Romans gives us perhaps the clearest definition of God's full salvation. One such defining section is chapter 5, where eventually we are brought to reigning in life in verse 17. What is it to reign in life? That's our focus on today's life study of Romans with Witness Lee. This program is furnished by Living Stream Ministry, and today we're going to hear excerpts from the 1975 life study of Romans spoken by Witness Lee, followed by a discussion of the rich points brought out in each section. We're happy that Ed Marks is here with us again today to fellowship about reigning in life. Ed, welcome back to the Life Study of Romans. Well, Chris, I'm glad to be back, and particularly for this program, and I think our listeners will be very enlightened to see what it really means to reign in life. Ed, we talked on yesterday's broadcast about this same phrase, reigning in life. I'd like to ask you, why is this verse, verse 17 of Romans 5, so crucial in the book of Romans? Yes, Chris, I'd like to read this verse for our listeners again and then just comment on your question. This verse says, For if by the offense of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, the reason why this verse is so crucial is because what this verse does is it actually encapsulates the entire content of the book of Romans. Romans talks about God's complete salvation. And God's complete salvation involves mainly two things. Number one, his judicial redemption, whereby he redeemed us legally. He died on the cross. He paid the debt for sin. Our sin was taken away. Now we are redeemed people. But God's complete salvation goes on from there. After being redeemed by God, God wants to save us in his life. He wants to dispense himself as life into our spirit, into our soul, and eventually this life will swallow up the death in our mortal body to make us men of life. Reigning in life actually equals God's complete salvation. When we receive the abundance of the gift of righteousness, this is for our redemption. We receive Christ as our righteousness in redemption. But also, we receive the abundance of grace. This is God in Christ as the Spirit coming into us for our enjoyment so that we can be saved in life, filled with Christ as life, and reign as kings 
in the divine life. This is why Romans 5.17 is such a marvelous, crucial, central verse in the book of Romans. Ed, we had a number of programs dealing with verse 10 in chapter 5, and I noticed there are two very similar portions in these two verses. Both use the words much more, and both also have in life. Is 17 a continuation from verse 10? Yes, it absolutely is, Chris. In verse 10 it says, much more we will be saved in his life. Then in verse 17, it says, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Well, to be saved in life is to reign in life. How are we saved in life? How do we reign in life? It's by receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Thanks, Ed. Let's join Witness Lee for today's life study. We shall reign in life. In God's creation of man, God made man in his image. To be in his image is just to express him. And also, God gave the dominion to the man he created. Dominion there means just the kingship, authority. So you see, in the very beginning at the creation of man, God's intention was that man might uh, express him in his image and uh, represent him with his dominion or his authority as kings. God's intention in creating man was to have man fully enjoy him as life. And the man could reign in this life. Reigning in the life over what? We are told in Genesis 1 over especially the earth and uh, over the creeping things. And we know what is the main thing that craves on this earth. That is the serpent, the embodiment of God's enemy. We should uh, never forget a wonderful word in Genesis 1 that God wanted man to conquer the earth, to subdue the earth. To conquer, to subdue, implies two things. Number one, to defeat the enemy. Number two, to take over the possession. That is to reign. So you see, in the very beginning, God intended for man to be kings in his life over Satan. And uh, Satan was the unique enemy to God. By that time, God didn't have any other enemy. The unique enemy of God came in to inject himself into man in a very illegal and evil way. When he got injected into man, he became 
sin. In the whole universe, there was not such a thing. Sin was invented by Satan. Eventually, Satan became sin. If you read the Bible and you trace to the very source, sin is Satan incarnated into man. Sin is Satan injected into man. Satan stands outside man. <laughs> Maybe he is just Satan. But Satan, when he gets into man illegally, in an evil way, this very one becomes sin. Ed, this is very, very enlightening today. We are seeing the actual origin of sin in the universe. Of course, we all experience sin, but we probably have never given much thought as to its origin beyond the fact that we know somehow it's related to Satan. Explain for us how Satan got into man illegally in an evil way. Yes, Chris, you know, Brother Lee just pointed out in a marvelous way that Genesis 1.26 shows us God's heart's desire for man. God created man in his image. He said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion, especially over the creeping things. So God's intention for man, number one, was for man to enjoy him as life so that man could express him in his image. And also for man to reign in life so that man could have dominion, especially over Satan, sin, and death. What we see from the beginning of the Bible is that God's intention was to get into man so that man could be filled with him and man could express him. Well, Satan is God's enemy. So what he did was he got into man first. There are some verses in Ezekiel 28 that show us how Lucifer, who was the top archangel, how he became Satan. And Lucifer rebelled against God. And Isaiah 14, especially if you look at verses 13 and 14, we can see that Lucifer, he rebelled against God and he said, I will ascend to the throne. I will be like the Most High. At that point in the universe, there was another will other than God's will in the universe. Lucifer said, I will. This caused him to become Satan, God's enemy. In Ezekiel 28:16, God tells Lucifer, he says, you have sinned. This means that Lucifer was the first sinner in the universe. This is the first time these words were uttered in the universe. You have sinned. So Satan is the first sinner, and he's the origin of sin. When he gets into man, we can see that he becomes sin in man. And Romans 7 shows us this, that we have sin in our flesh, forcing us to do things and to act contrary to what we want to do. In the epistles of John, it tells us that sin is lawlessness, a dethronement of God. And this is what Lucifer wanted to do. He wanted to dethrone God. Now, if we're going to reign in life, what do we need to do? We need to be under the rule of God. We need to come under his headship and be under the rule of the divine life that we can reign in life and enthrone God in our inner being and in all our situations. I think this is a marvelous view to have concerning 
the source of sin and how we can reign in life over Satan and sin. Ed, I think it's very common, the view that sin was the act of disobedience on the part of Adam. And surely that was sin. But in the context that we've seen presented today, we're seeing that this matter of sin is a much greater problem than our simple acts of disobedience in front of God, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. What we need to see is that sin actually, and we will see that sin is Satan entering into man. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study. Now, I'd like to uh, fellowship with you a little bit about the difference between sin and evil. Uh, you know, in Romans 7, you do have these two things. Firstly, Paul says, What I will, I do not. What I will not, I practice. So he says, It is no more I. But sin that dwells in me does it. Sin, something that is called sin dwelling in our flesh. Then, in the same chapter, he says, Whenever I will to do good. At that time, evil is present with me. I think I better ask you, to uh, go to those two verses, 20 and 21, chapter 7. But if what I will do not will, this I do, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Sin is here. I find then the law that at my willing to do the good, the evil is present with me. You just tell me what is the difference between sin and evil? Praise why? Why in verse twenty sin is there, but right way in the following verse uh-huh, is not sin but evil. Evil is present. It is no more I but sin does it. The very sin that is a doiler in my flesh. There is a, a doiling one. He does it. His name is sin. Then verse 21 says, Whenever I will to do good. <laughs> there was a law. Yeah. That... The law of that, at my willing to do the good, the evil is present. Tell me, please, what is the difference between sin and evil? I go back a little bit. Don't forget, at the beginning, God had only one unique enemy. There was nothing else. Satan, the devil, was the unique enemy. Anyway, then God created man. Man was pure. Man was clean. Man was innocent. Right? With man, there was not such a word as sin. 
until Satan yeah. got into man. Until Satan injected himself into man, until, until that time, sin came into being. Right. What is sin? I'm afraid not only the unbelievers, the secular people, even the so-called Christian teachers, do not fully realize the meaning according to the divine word, but mainly according to the human concept. Sin is Satan incarnate. As we have seen already, what is grace? You know, I must refer back in Romans 5.21, we have a contrast. It says, sin reigns in death, and then grace reigns into life. There, in verse 21 of chapter 5, you can see contrast. Sin reigning and grace reigning. Right? You have this, sin and grace in contrast. Then you have death and life also in contrast. Sin reigns in death and grace reigns into life eternal. And we have pointed out what was sin. Sin was Satan incarnate. And what was grace? Grace is God incarnate. And we can prove this strongly in John 1.14, the word who was God became a man. Right. Full of grace. So grace is God incarnated in us. And in this section, we had another marvelous presentation that makes our understanding of sin and grace much clearer. Sin is just the incarnation of Satan within man, and grace is the incarnation of God in man. Surely this makes man the focus of the battle, doesn't it? Yes, Chris, and this was a marvelous point that we just heard from from uh, Brother Lee, that when Satan comes into man, he becomes sin in man. And we can see this in Romans 7, that sin is in man's flesh, He said, I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. And when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So sin is operating in the flesh of man. This is Satan injecting himself into man as a rebellious element called sin. But praise the Lord, when God comes into man, God coming into man is grace. And we see this in John 1, 14 and 17. When the Word became flesh, He was full of grace. And verse 17 tells us grace came through Jesus Christ. Grace is actually Christ Himself coming into man for man's enjoyment. Well, well, Chris, uh, coming back to this question of yours, we need to see that man is the battlefield. Satan as sin is in man's flesh. But God in Christ as grace is in man's spirit. In between man's spirit where God in Christ dwells and man's flesh where Satan as sin dwells is man's soul, which is man's very person. Man is the battlefield. This shows us how critical it is for us to turn to God in Christ 
in our spirit day by day. That's why Romans 8.6 is such a critical verse. Romans 8.6 says, The mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. We need to turn to our spirit, set our mind on the spirit where Christ as the spirit dwells so that we can be one with him to reign in life over Satan, sin, and death. Thank you, Ed. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. Grace is God getting into man. If God is ourself, man, there's no grace. There's every good thing. There is all kinds of the divine attributes, but I tell you, there's no grace. Now, what is sin? When Satan is out of you, you have no sin. For once, Satan gets in. There is a sin. Outside of man, Satan was Satan. He was not sin. But when he got into man, this Satan right away became sin. What is sin? Sin is Satan related in man in a very subjective way. And what is grace? Grace is God related to man in a very subjective way. Amen. What is grace? That is God gets into you. And what is sin? That is Satan gets into you. Now, what is the difference between sin and evil? According to experience, a number of times, this sin was dormant. If you would not try to do good, if you would not make up your mind to improve yourself, if you would not decide to please God, sin was there, jobless, dormant. But once you say, I am going to please God, I am going to do my good, sin right away says, what? Sin is present. The present sin becomes evil. Evil is the acting sin. When the indwelling sin becomes active, the acting sin is evil. Now you can see God today has three enemies. Satan, sin, and death. Today, God's enemy, in a sense, is prevailing. Satan is prevailing as sin, as well as evil, to keep people in death, or to bring people into death. This is the evil work of God's enemy today. Satan today is working as sin and as evil to keep people in death and to bring people into death. It is not just a matter to provoke you or to lose your temper, but to bring you into death, and to keep you in death. This is Satan's evil work today. Now, what God is doing? God is working to you as life to defeat sin, death, and Satan. And this defeating eventually results in what? Reigning in life. Romans 5, 
is an introduction to Romans 6, 7, 8, to the end of the book. Romans 5 is an introduction of the matter of life in this book. We have received abundance of grace, so we shall reign in life. And what is reign in life? I tell you, you have to read the whole book to the end, from chapter 6 to chapter 16. This is the portion defining what is to reign in life. Well, Ed, the idea that according to Romans 5.17, that we could reign in life over the three great enemies of sin, death, and Satan, has to be one that is very intriguing to all believers. But this kind of reigning can only be the result of God, over time, working himself into us. There really are no shortcuts here, are there? There are no shortcuts. But I want to stress one word. While this revelation is very profound, it's very simple for us to experience being saved in life in order to reign in life. And in verse 17 of Romans 5, the key word is the word receive. Receive. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. If we want to reign in life, we need to be the best receivers day by day. What we need to do morning by morning, day by day, is say, Lord, i like to open my entire being up to you without reservation. I want to receive you right now in a fresh way as the abundance of grace for my enjoyment and the abundance of the gift of righteousness so that you can dispense yourself as life into me and save me in your life. So it's by receiving Christ as the abundance of grace day by day that we're renewed, that we're sanctified, and that we're transformed day by day. And eventually by this transformation, we'll eventually be conformed to his image until that day comes when we will be glorified and we will fully express Christ in his image for eternity. This is God's marvelous, complete salvation carried out by our day-by-day receiving of him into us with all that he is as grace. And I really love this. We began our Christian life by the act of receiving. We received him as our forgiveness of sins, our propitiation, and we received him as our new life. Now our continuing on is a continual process of receiving day by day. What a wonderful, encouraging message this is for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your fellowship today, Ed. Enjoyed it very much. Look forward to your coming back soon. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge.
Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.